0: Cool. So, cool with it? Yeah, I'm
1: really cool with it.
0: I am so cool with it, too. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Are we recording? Yeah, yeah, we're recording. Mm, Cool. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of (laughs) The Middle. (laughs) I'm... Holly, as a party, and George, what were you just doing? I was just
1: sipping my tea. Start again. That was silly. <laughs> okay.
0: I, was, I was like, oh was no, like- it's nearly my line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's go. And okay. oh, shit, okay, the tea. So. Okay. So. okay. Of the middle, I'm Holly as a party, and I'm Jordana Levine.
1: Hello, Holly.
0: (laughs) How are you, you gorgeous human?
1: I'm good. I'm really, really good. How are you going?
0: I am good. I want to hear about your week because you've had a lot going on, and I mean, it's it's a big week for you, isn't it?
1: It is a really big week for me. But before I tell you about my week and how big it's been, I just want to say that I love you so much oh and I know but really I'm so grateful for you whole like I just <laughs> I don't know if the it's listeners not the it's not in the script but I don't know if the listeners know this but Holly and I we haven't been friends for very long like we have known each other for a while now but we haven't really had a friendship but when the idea of the middle kind of came into fruition we started hanging out more and talking more. And honestly, whole like you are such a shining light in my life. And I just wanted to tell you publicly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you know that I thrive on public. <laughs> and I'm so emotional right now. I, I just, well, you know, I reiterate everything back to you. It's, it's so interesting. Actually a couple of my, best girlfriends from, you know, childhood have been listening to The Middle and they've said to me, Hull, where have you been hiding Jordana? She's amazing. Why have we not heard of her before? <laughs> and it's like, well, believe it or not, we've only just kind of come together recently. Yeah, <laughs> And, but, yeah, I feel the same about you. It's oh, so mutual. It's it just feels so
1: – um Just like soul level stuff, you know, like past lives kind of stuff. It's really lovely. So I just wanted to start off by saying that. And now I'll tell you how my week was. Um, Tell me. Well, it's it's actually really funny and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I am because it comes off the back of last week's episode on alcohol, which I always seem to like live the episode we had the week before, which is quite funny. Um, Yes. But I, you know, ever since I moved up to Byron, I've just been having so much fun and I've definitely been living by what I said last week in that whenever I'm drinking, I, you know, monitor myself and I make sure that I'm doing it from an authentic place and I'm not trying to be anyone else. And I was definitely doing all of that. But I have been drinking a lot more than I usually would because I've been so social and so fun. And in the times I'm being social, I'm definitely staying true to myself, but the way that I've been feeling after as an effect of having that playtime and that fun time is just not okay. You know, and Mm -hmm. I really felt it this week. I've come to Sydney. I drove down to Sydney um, a couple of days ago to do a whole week of book stuff And I went and had this amazing day yesterday where I'm signing all the books and it's all of the fun, but I just didn't feel like my radiant self. Like I felt tired because I hadn't been sleeping very well. I felt a little bit burnt out because I've been working a lot and I was just a bit, I got really disappointed in myself yesterday. I was just like, oh, I really wish... You were the person you had imagined yourself to be on this day and you're just not.
0: <laughs> oh, you know? George. But you know,
1: what I, do you know what I mean? You know that feeling?
0: I, yeah, it is it is that disappointment in yourself because you know you can do better and you can show up better.
1: Yeah, but it was this real kind of back and forth because I was like, but I had such a good time. Like I don't yeah. regret it, but mm. I also just – know now I know now that even when I'm having fun it catches up on me and that Mm -hmm. feeling that vibration isn't worth it for me so I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like we said all this stuff last week about alcohol and you know how you feel in the moment and if you're having fun and all of that and I stand by all of that but I also think the after effects because alcohol is such an after effect it's Mm -hmm. really important to take that into consideration
0: yeah, I agree with you, especially if it's you know not just once in a new moon, huh? <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> but it's a like cumulative thing where mm. you know you have a couple of wines every night or you yeah. have a cocktail every night, and then you know you're missing one or two extra hours of sleep that you would usually have and then all of a sudden bang it smacks you in the face and you're like whoa it hits you all at once I totally 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 relate
1: and it's not being drunk every night it's just like you said yeah something every night like I'd go weeks without having wine and not think twice about it but because I've just been so social it's like a wine here and a wine here and then before I know it there's no alcohol free days and I'm like hang on a second
0: (laughs) Yeah, feels I I can absolutely relate. Yeah. But that said, girl, you just signed how many copies of your book yesterday? I don't
1: even know, but it was the most surreal experience. It ah. was like, what was what was the the best thing about it was when you walk into the room, they've put all of your books in this beautiful display. You know, like Stop they're all it. stacked and kind of like, um, uh, stylized, I guess. And um, because the cover, not to boast, but because the cover of Make It Happen is so beautiful. It's
0: beautiful. And
1: so sparkly, like all the gold foil and it just kind of glitters in the light. It just looked so amazing. And all the people at Booktopia were like, this cover is one of the best covers we've seen and I'm like oh I bet you say that to all the authors and they're like no it is actually so beautiful and I was like oh
0: thanks so much. It really is George and it's just sitting in that surreal space of this is your book this is your these are your words and that's your signature and I'm just like so beyond proud of you and I just even just watching everything unfold on socials I was like beaming just feeling that joy so I hope that you know regardless of where your energy was and whether it was what you expected it to be or not that you can still sit in that space of being proud of what you've achieved
1: totally and that's been that's my thing this week is really just to stay present in it because if you wish you were feeling something else or looked a different way or whatever it is you're missing out on what is really a once-in-a-lifetime, first-time experience.
0: Hell to the yeah. yeah, girl.
1: So, Holly, how's your week been?
0: You know what? The energy of this week, and I know we mentioned it in our energy reading, was a little, not off, I don't want to use off because it, it was what it was, but I I had this build-up and it started on Monday and c- kind of fed into the rest of the week of this I want to call it like my wild woman. So when we're we're talking about female archetypes and we can dive deeper into that in another episode, but I really felt this inner like fire Mm. and some mornings I woke up and I'm like, I'm just angry today. And I know a lot of the time, especially for someone like me, I kind of run from anger. I don't get angry. I don't allow myself to feel anger, especially if there's nothing specifically that's triggered it. It's like, oh, I'll just move that to the side because that's random. But what I did differently this week is I actually allowed myself to feel the emotion I was feeling in each moment. And I've been doing a lot of work with my coach, Blake, on the archetypes and embodying the archetypes. And so when I talk about embodying and what I mean by embodying the wild woman is – what did my energy want to do? Well, she wanted to furiously journal and she wanted to walk barefoot and put her feet in the ocean and she wanted to dance to Just a Girl by No Doubt and she wanted to (laughs) just like sing at the top of her lungs and clean out shit and so I allowed myself to do all of those things and it felt like a really constructive use of that emotion so rather than me sitting here going I don't know why I'm feeling like this and this is fucked, it was like I'm just going to channel this energy in a way that feels quite almost productive and what I found myself doing mostly was I was saying to you George like I'm forest gumping it and I was just walking for. Ages, like this week, I have just been on a walking rampage. So, just an illustration for those of you who are familiar with the geography of Sydney. I, I, one of the days this week, I took out barefoot because that's my thing. I need to ground myself on the reg. And I live in Balgala, and I walked all the way to Freshwater and back <laughs> without shoes on. <laughs> so, <laughs> which what- is a good like. It's about a 10K loop minimum. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was unexpected. But what I'm doing in these moments is, and my phone had died and I was just like, I'm just walking. And I was just walking out the energy and – I could finally understand why some people go for runs, like, to clear their head because mm. I've never answered that. i like, but this furious walking that I've been doing has been so therapeutic and it's made me feel really grounded and it's been a beautiful kind of meditation for me, especially when I'm walking and my phone is dead. And – that's been something that I've been really sitting with, well, walking with <laughs> this week <laughs> in terms of my connection with movement and exercise, George. And I thought maybe that's a discussion that we can have because I know that for all of us, exercise is something that's obviously so uniquely personal. And in addition to my furious walking this week, I actually took myself back to F45 last Sunday for the first time in about six or seven weeks because we've spoken that I, you know, had my fatigue flares and I wasn't feeling very good and in that time I know that I cannot exercise and I'll dive deeper into that. But I'd just taken the breather But in going back to F45 on Sunday, I was really excited. I love that kind of high-intensity exercise. I was ready to get sweaty, but I was also very conscious of not to push it too hard Mm. because my body can't hold the level of push that maybe other bodies can. I actually left the class feeling disheartened. And so I went along with Trenny, who – just he thrives on a high intensity, lifting heavy, and just he could do six F45 classes a week and not feel a level of burnout at all. Like his adrenals are solid and he's fine. So when I was training with him on Sunday and I was doing resistance, I was lifting weights and squatting, and he was looking at me innocently and saying, Hole, you can squat deeper than that. Hole, you can lift heavier than that. And literal tears welled up in my eyes not because of what he was saying but because while yes I can push my body to limits my personal experience of that is that I will also burn myself out and it was this frustration that I sat with of oh do people do people understand that I'm not and it's clearly a story that I'm telling myself of when I'm not squatting as deep as the other people or when I'm not lifting as heavy as I can, I swear it's not a cop-out and I swear I'm not being lazy, but also I can't push my body to those limits anymore because it will ignite a flare-up in me and it just, like I was on this spiral of needing to justify why I exercise the way that I do. I I don't know. No, I
1: I feel you so much. I'm sitting here like feeling quite teary about it because i can relate with you so much but the first thing that comes up for me when you say that is like there's so many things in our life that we do worrying about how other people are perceiving us so much (laughs) so that we would damage our adrenals or put our health behind someone else's perception of us. And it's not just exercise, it's anything. There's Mm. so many things in our life that we compromise on because we're worried about how it's going to be interpreted by somebody else. Yeah. But in terms of the exercise thing, I feel you so much, whole. I, in my 20s, I developed, I would call it an exercise addiction. I would definitely Mm. not have said that at the time. And it was completely aesthetic-based. It was completely based on what I thought my body should look like. But it didn't matter how much I exercised. My body never changed. If anything, I would put on weight when I was exercising a lot because my adrenals started burning out. I got to a point where I was working in the city in corporate. I'd run to work. I'd run 10Ks to work. And then I would do Pilates or a resistance class in my lunch break. And then I would run home.
0: Oh, my God, George.
1: Yeah, and I probably wasn't eating that much either. So you'd think I'd be this tiny little thing. But because my body didn't change, I just went harder and harder, mm. and, harder mm. and harder and harder until I finally broke my adrenals and had to do nothing, no exercise yes. whatsoever. And I have to say, like, 10 years later, that's pretty much where I'm at now. I can I can walk and I can do yoga, but anything more than that – um, my body just, yeah, starts to burn out and holds on to weight. And you know what the saddest thing about it is? And I know you feel the same, whole. I love classes, like F45 classes. Yes. I used to do CrossFit and I was addicted to it. And the woman who was a friend of mine who owned the gym, she's like, George, you only have to come like two, three times a week. Like you just don't have the body type to be coming six days. And I'm like, but I love it. I love the classes. Right.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's exactly how I feel, George. And same experience as you. It actually built up that I, I built up this fear of ever exercising again because Like, honestly, we are the same human Uh, because when I was working my corporate job, I uh, was training at the gym before work, so I would – fall asleep in my workout gear because I heard that that's what the Kardashians did. So I actually copied. That was
1: definitely in an article in Cosmo.
0: Right. It was totally. And so I'd wake up in my gear. Trent would drop me at the gym at 5, 5.30. I'd train for an hour, go into work. And then after work, I'd either have a pole dancing class, an aerial yoga class. I'd go back to the gym or I'd go for a walk. And it was, and yeah, it, it was because I loved doing those things. But then it got to this point where because I was so unhappy in other areas of my life, and I feel as women in particular we do this, rather than dealing with the area in our life we're unhappy with, we take a look at our physical and go, if I lose weight or if I tone up, then I'm going to feel better and life will get better. Mm. And that was my experience. I signed up to one of those 12-week body transformation things where, you know, you stand with the newspaper at the beginning and, like, the lighting's shit and then you your after photo, like, the lighting's much better and you smile instead of frown. You get a spray and tan. <laughs> you get a spray tan. Yeah. I, I, literally, I swear to God, it was the <laughs> only time I've ever used fucking fake tan for this fucking <laughs> after photo. Like, if that doesn't explain the intention behind the 12-week, I don't know what does. Anyway, I was weighing everything I ate at the same time because that was part of the meal plan, like 300 grams of X. And while, yes, I had the thigh gap and, yes, I had the abs and, yes, I weighed less than I'd had in years and years, I was scrutinizing myself more than ever before. I didn't have a social life anymore and I actually became really unwell. Mm. That was when my adrenals like, stopped working. That was when, like, the psoriasis started, which I still have today, and all of the autoimmune stuff fled up off the back of me really pushing my body to this level of fatigue and total exhaustion. But then what happened off the back of that, Jords, is I became so scared of exercise that I went the other way Mm. and actually anything to do with training, yeah, anything to do with training Even if it was just going for a walk, terrified, terrified because I was going to exhaust myself. And so that's been the story I've been grappling with lately.
1: So where do you feel like your relationship is with exercise now?
0: So it was a focus of mine with my um, coaching with Blake last year. So the background of Blake. And when we re- we, I feel like we refer to like. I every know. Episode.
1: What is he like? Our
0: third co-host. Actually, <laughs> <That still is. laughs> he's one of my favorite humans. His background is in personal training, but now he does mindset stuff. So for a long time, it actually took me a little while to admit that I actually wanted to exercise again because I did miss it. I do love it. I always have loved it my entire life, uh, but. There was this weird story I was telling myself that, number one, if I got back to exercise, then I would get sick. My fatigue would come back and everything would kind of screw up in my body. But also, number two, in this whole body love, self-love arena, which we're obviously in as well, I should love myself no matter what. So does that should mean that it doesn't matter whether I exercise or not. So I was getting the lines really blurred. And so I sat with Blake and I, I we unpicked the stories and the root causes around my resistance to exercise from a place of if I exercise, I'm going to become unwell. And if I exercise, it means that I don't love myself, which is just the most warped story. But it was something that I was telling myself. And I actually came good for a bit in that the beginning of this year and in the lead up to Christmas, I joined F45 and obviously late to the party. It was honestly in December. And just like to add it, add like a little bit of uh, context, The F my local F45 is across the road from where I live. Literally, you step out of my apartment, cross the road into F45. So it's always been there, but it's something that I've just been really conscious of. So signed up to F45 and I started going for walks and I felt so good. And that was the beginning of this year. And I became all or nothing holes, went all, and I was training six days a week. And I was loving it. It was absolutely not from any kind of place of um, fear or wanting to change my body. It was the rush that I was getting. I was getting up early in the morning, not needing to, but going across and getting my endorphin hit and then having these productive days. But what started to happen, George, is my naps in the afternoon started creeping back in. And anytime I need to take a nap in the afternoon, that is my body going, there's something off. But I didn't pay enough attention or maybe I was in denial about it. And I didn't change anything until I had that recurrence of my physical body going enough's enough and I couldn't train again. Mm. So where I'm at now is, it's like this confronting realisation and I actually have so many friends, so many friends in the fitness space who when they saw me start training again the way that I had it in the past, they warned me. They said, hole, maybe don't push it. Hole, maybe just stick to Pilates and walking. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm totally fine. But what I've realised now, George, and it's it really is only recently after last Sunday's F45 class where... I had to have a nap that afternoon and the rest of the week I felt a little off, is that maybe my body doesn't respond well to high-intensity exercise and as much as I enjoy it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's okay for me to do. I guess kind of like anything with alcohol or with, you know chocolate or whatever, just because I enjoy it and it's considered, oh, I guess the double bind here is that exercise is considered healthy, so I feel like yeah, you can't but, overdose on it.
1: <laughs> but also, you know, like almonds are considered healthy and some people go into anaphylactic shock if they eat them. So it's like, uh-huh. you know, you've got to choose your medicine. And if, oh, if, alco- if alcohol, well, I just can't stop thinking about it. If exercise <laughs> <laughs> makes you... Ill and unwell, which it does, high intensity, then it's not the right medicine for you. It's not healthy, it's unhealthy.
0: And I feel like that's the discussion, George, isn't it? It's what is your way of moving your body that feels enjoyable, that is coming from a place of love that is respecting your body, but is also respecting your energy and what your energy can actually handle. And so this week for me has been eye opening because I've loved walking so much. It's It's almost like that mind, body, and soul all in one. But also, I did my first yin yoga class in about four months last night. And I know you're an advocate for this, George. And that is my jam. That is the stuff. Like, that is the juice. And previously, I would probably have told myself that that's not enough. That's not good enough. That's not enough movement. That's not, you know, you didn't break a sweat. But now I've come to realize that that is what my body thrives with. And so that's what I'm going to give it.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, um, I have to now. I can't exercise from a uh, physical body um, perspective. Like I can't, I can't exercise with the mindset of keeping physically fit or losing weight or how it makes me look. I have to exercise from a place of will this give me more energy today or will this give me less energy today? And it's the, Hell only, yes. it's the only way that it serves me because if I start to focus on I have to go for a walk this morning, I have to go to a run this morning so I can eat this later and then I won't get nah. the weight on from last night, and that – Sends me into absolute meltdown. And not just a mind fuck, but it also just starts to mess with my body. My body just shuts down and goes, nah, we're not doing this.
0: Well that's what happens, like you said, with your body, your body starts to store fat because it freaks out mm. and it's in a stress state. So it's like, oh, let's hold on to this because we don't know if we're going into a famine or not. Mm. And it actually has the reverse effect. Mm. So
1: And everybody everybody's body is different. I've got girlfriends yes. who can absolutely handle high intensity and they love it and it serves them and they're ripped and they look amazing and that is so great for them but it's the fact that we compare ourselves to everybody and anybody and I mean that literally body like our bodies to everybody and anybody and we Mm. just can't do that because we're all so different when I was working in corporate I had quite a rough time right at the end there And my day, my way to deal with that was to annihilate myself at the gym because it felt good. Like I'd get all my Mm. anger out at the gym, you know, I would do high intensity spin classes and then I'd lift weights and I'd be thinking about my boss and, you know, I'd work it all out and then I'd go into work and I'd be fine. But because I was so stressed at work, it was actually making life so much harder because I was constantly Mm. in fight or flight. Um, Mm. Whether it was because I was in danger because she was yelling at me or because I was making my body think that it was in danger because I was stressing it out so much at the gym. Yes. And that's when I – I don't even know how I got there, but I went to a yin yoga class. And I'd been doing yoga for years, but I always did ashtanga or vinyasa Mm -hmm. or something that broke a sweat. Yes. And I just thought, I can't lie on the mat holding these poses for five to seven minutes. And not get bored out of my brain. But I went to one class and I slept so well that night. And then I started to go to two classes a week. And then by the end of it, I was doing three in classes a week and no exercise in the mornings. I just I'd still walk to work because I had to do something. But i was a changed person and i was mm. like hang on a second we mm, can't- there's
0: something in this there's
1: something in this because exercise is a stress on the body like it does feel good but the reason our muscles grow is because they're under stress right they're under stress and then they repair yeah. themselves
0: yeah mm. yeah and shit
1: so if you think about If you think about constantly being in that state of stress and in that state of fight or flight, like that's just going to mess up. If your body can't cope with that, it's going to start to mess up your hormones. It's going to start to mess up your sleeping patterns. Um, I guess the point of this conversation is not to say to people what's wrong and what's right it's just to use our experience to go what again again like alcohol what is your intention behind this like why yes. why are you doing this to yourself and is it making you feel good like is this how you want to feel is this wasted energy because it's all energy
0: Yes, and how is this contributing to you living a life in alignment and living your best life? So finding what it is that leaves you energised. Like, George, when I go out dancing, and I mean I don't do it nearly enough, but I can dance for hours, 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 hours. No, no alcohol, just dancing for the fun of dancing. And I feel invigorated, energized, social. I wake up the next day. It's amazing. I love it. So something like that is something that makes me feel really good. And now I've come to learn that it doesn't mean that that's the case for every other form of exercise. And just because, you know, some of my best, best friends have literally trained for Australia and athletes for Australia. Yeah. And just because that's their experience with exercise doesn't mean that I should be mirroring the way that they train. No. Yeah, so that's been my realisation, Jod. So for me, I actually am yet to leave F45, although that's on my radar, and I am making a commitment to walk, maybe Pilates once a week, and just play with yin yoga and dance as well. And literally every day just being like, do I want to move today or not? And not being a cop-out, but actually really feeling into what my body wants.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm the same. I'm a – well, it, you know, I think, I think walking has been um, – what's the word for it? Really undervalued, not even undervalued, like really talked down by people like – like I remember reading an article once – I hope I'm not getting this wrong. I apologize if I am. I'm pretty sure it was Michelle Bridges, not to name no. names, but was bas- it was basically like if you want to lose weight or if you want to control your weight, walking is a waste of time. What? Something like that, right? And I, that stuck yeah. in my head. I must have read that in my 20s and that stuck in my head. And now, like, I couldn't think of a more nourishing, enjoyable Thing to do, then go for a long ass walk,
0: especially a scenic one. Yes, and take your shoes off as much as you can. Mm. It doesn't matter if you look like a bum. I walked through all of the suburban streets in my area without Uh, shoes on, and Manly Corso, guys. She walked through Manly Corso without shoes. (laughs) Literally did that. (laughs) I, I have zero shame. I'm like, guys, I'm double air fire. I need to earth. (laughs) <laughs> Which we will get to later on in the episode. We year, will get to it.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> All right, let's um, let's share let's some recos.
0: On. Yeah, girl, I want to hear your recos for the week. I'm excited.
1: Um. Okay. So. The first thing I thought I might do, instead of rec- – I wanted to I wanted to do some podcast recommendations, but instead of recommending a whole show, I wanted to recommend a few episodes of different shows that I listened to this week that were really good. I love that. Would you like So that? cool. Okay, cool. Yes. So the first one is um, – okay, so Armchair Ac- Expert with Dax Shepard. If you've never listened to that podcast, it's so great. Have you listened to it? No, of course you haven't, Holly. You don't listen Babe. to anything. Do you, I actually don't. Do you know who Jack Shepard is?
0: Is he uh, that funny girl's husband?
1: Chris, Kristen Bell's husband?
0: That one, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. so he's Kristen cool. Bell's husband. And he was in um, Parenthood and a few other movies. Anyway, he's so funny and... You know he's 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 really American and he's a celebrity. He's an actor, but he's very. Um, I consider him to be quite woke. He's a very conscious man, and not in this right. not in the spiritual sense, but in the emotionally intelligent sense. Love. And he um, he was an alcoholic and addicted addicted to coke. And he's been sober now for, I think, 11 years or 15 years or something. Wow. And it just seems to have made him a very compassionate, empathetic man who's just great at interviewing people and listening and all the rest of it. But part of the podcast – so he usually interviews celebrities and then once a mm. week he interviews experts. It's called Expert Ooh. on Expert. And this week's expert was Esther Perell.
0: Have you ever heard Ah, any of her stuff? Yes, at the relationship chickie. Yeah, and she's
1: fascinating. Like I've listened to her podcast, and I've listened to um, a lot of interviews she's done. Like she was on uh, No Filter with um, Mayor Freeman. She was on um, uh, maybe Lewis Howes. Like a few different podcast but this Mm. interview because Dax is just so great was so amazing there's so many good tidbits in there she talks about all the usual stuff she talks about so infidelity and eroticism and um the unrealistic expectations we put on our partners oh yeah how marriage has changed over the years like marriage used to be for like in the 60s the idea of marriage was for financial
0: security yes.
1: for your family and marital affairs were for love. The idea of finding love within the marriage was never the goal.
0: Oh my God, my mind is blown. I
1: know, but there's this one thing. I, I don't know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, hang on. Uh, I'm uh, going to paraphrase it. But basically she was saying, you know, we have this partner and this partner doesn't just have to be our best friend, our soulmate our listener, our, um, you know, equal, support. our mirror, our support, our... Um,
0: provider. Yeah,
1: like all the, all the... Yeah, our financial provider, our problem mm-hmm. solver.
0: Our, our lover. Our, all
1: these things. And she's like, what used to happen back in the day is that you would have a tribe, a community, and everybody mm-hmm. came together to offer all the different things. And now we expect all of these things from one Partner, it's an unfair mm. expectation, an unrealistic mm.
0: expectation. So, it's
1: fascinating if you want to listen to that. I feel like all I do is talk about relationships on here, but it's a goodie. Um, I'm about it. Another really fun conversation, a little bit more trashy, was on the Shameless podcast, and yes. they do in conversation um, sessions once a week. And it was with Laura Byrne of the Ooh. other half of Ooh. Maddie and Jay and Laura. And it was really good because they spoke about, they spoke about the pregnancy and, you know, she miscarried before she fell pregnant. But they also spoke about, the lead-up to her going on The Bachelor and why she decided to go on there. Uh-huh. And they talk a little bit about like, behind the scenes and what's really uh-huh. happening at the rose ceremony. And it was really good. That was really fun to
0: listen I to. I love that. I love that couple. I think they are beautiful.
1: Yeah, so beautiful. And it just, yeah, it just seems really genuine. And the way that she speaks about Maddie J, I mean, he is just a human they should clone because he's just so <laughs> special. <laughs> I love that. And then the last episode, and I won't go into too much detail because we spent all of last episode talking about her, but um, Brene Brown (laughs) was on Super Soul Sessions with Oprah and the interview was called The Anatomy of Trust. And so just like she spoke about courage and vulnerability in the Netflix special we spoke about last week, this one's all about Mm. trust and it is fascinating. There's some really beautiful tidbits in there.
0: She is goals, Brené, isn't she? Oh my
1: God, she is, but you know what I love most about her, and I guess it's why her message translates so well is she's fucking hilarious. Like she's yes. so good at her delivery. Her delivery of things is exceptional.
0: Yeah, love it. I really respect good presenters and speakers. It's such a gift.
1: Yeah, it's such a gift.
0: Um, Go, Brendog.
1: Um, <laughs> so, okay. what's your
0: second reco? So,
1: my second reco, it's actually, a, it's actually a snack this week,
0: Holly. I love this. You are just <laughs> breaking all sorts of rules. I go for it. What is it?
1: Okay. Well, I love, like, I have a savoury tooth. Can you have a savoury tooth? I like I salty over sweet. I have a savoury tooth too.
0: Yeah, Hell yeah, girl, any day. So, like,
1: I love chips and crisps, but yes. I know that I can't eat chips and crisps all the time because they're not good for mm-hmm. you, right?
0: Now, I'm not saying these are
1: good for you, but they're not bad for you. There's a brand called Ceres Organics, C-E-R-E-S, and they Mm. make, like, rice crackers, right? Like, Mm -hmm. trays of rice crackers. They have these great black rice crackers, and they've got, you know, crackers with chia seeds and, like, um, (laughs) maybe sour cream and chives. But they're salt and vinegar rice crackers – Are next. You will die. If you haven't eaten these guys, you will die. You're going to eat the whole packet. Try not to. They're so good. And they are my snack of choice this week. This is not sponsored.
0: I was going to say, can we send this to someone there and be like, guys, send us the crackers?
1: No, but I feel like I was at first I was like, should I tell people because they're gonna form an addiction like I have? Because you know what they did? You know what they've done now, because people like me exist. they They don't just sell them in like the tray of rice crackers like you used to get. They now sell them in snack packs. So like if I was going to school I'd take a packet for recess kind of vibe.
0: So do you just eat them on their own as if they're like a chip?
1: You can. That's how I eat them. But you could, like, if you wanted to dip them in something, you could. But they're salt and vinegar, and they're just, like, so delish and so fresh.
0: I – my mouth is actually watering because anyway, I love salt and vinegar, and I, I love
1: – I wonder what everyone's yeah. thinking. Do you think everyone's like, what the fuck is she recommending snacks for on the minute? No,
0: I feel like the kind of people that we attract are the people who love snacks because most people are saying <laughs> this is like a convo with their besties on the couch. And when you're having convos with your besties on the couch, there is – a platter of snacks. Okay,
1: so here's the hot tip, guys. Ceres Organics is stocked at Woolworths, but Woolworths don't carry the salt and vinegar line. So don't stand there and try and find salt and vinegar in Woolworths. They're not oh there. God. You have to get them from the health food store, okay?
0: Any That's... health food store?
1: Well, most health food stores I go into seem to have the salt and vinegar brand, but Woolies doesn't. Yes. So don't stand there. I spoke to the guy in Woolies. I'm like, do you have them? He's like, we don't have them
0: that's insane i'm actually gonna go and scope these out tomorrow and see if they're all there crack it up to be.
1: and if <laughs> if you guys try them please take a photo and let me know i want to see if i can oh become a snack influencer
0: oh my gosh it ain't no snack accident <laughs> ah. <laughs>
1: just fell out that's
0: really good what about um, you I, I hope
1: you have some better recommendations than me this week
0: I think yours are great. Thanks, Truly, Molly, they are. Thank you. No, that's all right. Uh, I have two, and actually, off your little snack idea, yeah, um, snack concept, we're going to talk about food, George. And oh. I'm, I've been hanging out to have this convo with you because, what TV show <gasps> aired this week? Oh. My- <laughs> chef! And, guys, I am so excited to have this conversation with George because maybe you do know, maybe you don't know, but George <laughs> is an actual professional chef cook. She is. Like she, she is. She makes the food. <laughs> so I've been wanting to pick her brain because what's really funny, George, is I, I'm not I'm not a bad cook at all, but I'm not really a big cook either. I, you know, I... Probably uber eats as much as I cook. That's awful to admit, but I'm being honest. And I get off on cooking shows. I love them. First, it was my kitchen rules. That's turned a little trash, and I'm just like not about it anymore. I probably haven't watched MKR for about two, three years now because I've transitioned to MasterChef, which I feel is a classier version of the cooking shows. I feel oh, it's more right yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's only been the last two years that I've really gotten into MasterChef and I was so excited that it kicked off this week. And one, and I want to ask you, Jods, what your thoughts are. But before I do, one of their uh, challenges this week was they had to create their desert island dish. Ooh. So if they were going to be trapped on a desert island and they could only eat one thing for the rest of their life, oh, what would they cook. Oh my God. So I wanted to ask you that question because that obviously the obvious question is what would you cook?
1: Hang on. Do I ha- can I only cook this dish with stuff that I can grow on an island?
0: No. You can there is a convenience store and you've got anything at your disposal. So
1: the thing for me is like and they probably didn't go into this, but like for me I'm like I don't want to eat the same thing on the island every day for the rest of my life because whatever that is I'm going to get super bored of it. Is that the, True that? Is that the point? No, is it like your last meal?
0: It's kind of like like your last meal but more like something that you really can't see yourself getting sick of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. I actually don't mm-hmm. know, Holly, to be honest with you because I get sick of stuff really easily. I would, Do you? Yeah, I'd say maybe like um Oh, I actually, I don't know.
0: So they had some people. Do you know what? A lot of people made some form of chicken, and I was like, really, chicken? I feel like they were all playing it safe because it was the yeah. first week. Let's be real. Here I am being like a total judge, like, oh, come on, guys. Like, But also
1: it's like those. it's like personal choice. They'd be like, that's that's not your last dish. And they'd be like, yeah, this really easy BLT is my last dish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, someone did spaghetti bolognese, and no. I'm like, oh, was really? it Was it a schmancy version? It was it was pretty fancy. It had like, like chopped up carrot in it and stuff. That's not <laughs> that's not fancy. <laughs> I feel like for me, oh. I was pretty impressed with the people. I'm easily impressed when it comes to cooking, clearly. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, I think I'd make dal because I love dal and it is one yeah. of one of the I things gonna that I can do. I was going to say dal. I was
1: going to say that, and then I was like, Holly's going to think that's so
0: boring. No, I honestly feel like it would be some kind of dal with a delicious, like, like roti or something like like, something like that.
1: That is what I'm going to cook you when you come and stay because my (gasps) dal, I, I actually not to toot my own horn, but I think it's one of the best I've had. And I have been to the land of India.
0: (laughs) Can you please make me dal when I come and stay? I'm so excited. Yeah, I will. Now. George, I know we're going a little bit off topic with the recos, but talk to me about your view with cooking shows because you do cook yeah. a lot. It's part of your job, right? It's
1: fu- yeah, it's funny. I used to love MasterChef, and this is the same thing I said about all the other reality TV shows. When they first started, they were amazing. So the first few seasons of MasterChef were amateur, amateur cooks coming yeah. into – A big test kitchen and cooking some dishes for some judges. There were no foams. There was no dried ice. There was no, you know, like, um, I can't even think of fancy culinary terms. But, you know, like, there was nothing fancy going on.
0: Mm. But now
1: it's like I couldn't – there is no way – And I've been trained. There is no way I could cook half the stuff they cook in there. These contestants are training themselves, practicing, honing their skills before they even go on the fucking show. And it's like the fancier the better. I guarantee you half the chefs in Sydney couldn't cook the dishes that these guys have to cook.
0: That is so interesting because I would have no idea. Like, yeah. I had no idea that that no. was – like, it was so tricky. I just thought I'm a cooking noob. Like, I don't no. get it.
1: So I, I loved it in the first few seasons. I think I got up to about season – I don't know. My friend um, – I had I had, I've had a few people that I know go through MasterChef. Like, my friend Hayden, Hayden Quinn. Do you know Hayden? Yeah, Quinn? yeah. So he he, was... he
0: won Cleo Bachelor of the Year when I interned there. Oh,
1: how funny! So he mm. was season five, and my old boss Tom Rutledge. He was the same season as Hayden actually, and right. they were still they were still in there when it was cooking like amateur cooks at home, and that was great. Right. And they were doing fun things and challenging things, and like everything was really interesting. But now. I just think the challenges are so hard and everybody's so skilled and I don't know. I, I kind of find it boring. I don't uh, know. I oh,
0: lo- I fucking froth on it. Yeah, I
1: love that. I was saying to a friend of mine the other day who's a, she's like full-time yoga teacher and she's like, yeah, because I said to her I don't really like watching MasterChef because she said, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. And she's like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like me watching a yoga show. She's like, that's True. not fun that's not fun for me I don't yeah because it I feels didn't...
0: like work kind of yeah. and you're like more in that critical mindset I get it that makes sense yeah but I'm anyway, glad you're enjoying it yeah I am enjoying Master Shelf. now my other reco I wasn't even gonna say as a recommendation because I forget George that people don't know she exists and when we were having dinner the other night I'm like oh yeah because Ursula and she bear tarot and you're like what's that and I was like Wait, if Jordana doesn't know she bear tarot, <laughs> then there's so many people who don't. So yeah. second record, what I am saying is she bear tarot. And <laughs> it is, just in case. <laughs> One people more for like, the people at the saying? back. <laughs> she bear tarot. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's a like U B-A-R or B A R E. Yeah, B E A R like bear yeah. Noise. So, like a female bear, she bear, and it's a YouTube channel, and it is monthly tarot readings for your star sign. Yep, every month. Ursula is her name. I love her so much. I feel like we are friends. We're definitely not. She's. I actually. I, I'm not even going to say what her accent is. She's from the UK oh. somewhere. I'm assuming Irish but I could be wrong. She could be Welsh. Um, It's really beautiful to listen to. And she channels these 40-minute readings at the beginning of every month So her May readings have just hit YouTube and for every single star sign. So you can go on and watch the She-Bear reading for Leo this month, but she uses channeling, she uses astrological movements, and she uses tarot at the same time to give you a capture all of the energy that you're going to experience that month.
1: That's amazing. I'm going to go on there and have a look. I don't watch much on YouTube, but I will do it.
0: Well, girl, neither do I. She's the only thing I watch on YouTube. I yeah. swear to you, the only thing. I've been watching her for maybe 18 months now or maybe she's not even been around that long, but she's blown up very, very quickly Um, and I am like committed to watching. her. I get all my clients onto her, like all of my friends. It's like, oh, has Sheba Taro come out yet? And she's on point on the money every month. She right. does these things called deep reads where you can pay for access to her Vimeo, which are deeper dives. I've never, I've never had to buy a deep read um, because her readings are just so on so point. Good. So um, good.
1: Amazing. I'm going to do that. Now I am sitting in the dark. Can you see me?
0: Yeah, it's actually hilarious. <laughs> I, I have to turn the light it's on. Really I'm sorry. Cause I'm starting to,
1: feel, <laughs> <laughs> starting to feel a bit sick. Hang on. I love it.
0: I should say something funny for when George comes back because she's just gone to turn on the light and she's going to listen back when she's editing. So, um, but I don't know what to say. Fuck. Fuck. I put pressure on myself to be funny. She is. You're back.
1: Oh, that's still pretty dark. Hey, sorry. I mean, it's, yeah, it's It's fine. It's a bit lighter. I'm lighter. I'm at my friend's, I'm staying at my friend's place while she's up in my place and, um, I don't really know where all the lights are, so I'm just kind of winging it. It is
0: so fine. These lights are actually ridiculously bright as well, so it's fine.
1: Okay. Um, All right.
0: So So
1: what's next on the agenda?
0: Well, I'm going to teach you something new, George. Oh, well, great. (laughs) But it isn't actually something new for you. No, but you're teaching the listeners something new. This is true. This is true. This is true. So... Get excited because I know that there are a lot of listeners who want to know more about when we're referring to moon signs and rising signs. What does it mean? How can we figure out our own? And, friends, this is where I share with you my experience in getting a natal chart reading. Mm. Yeah. Actually, such a cool story. So, and you're included in this story, George, oh believe God. it or not.
1: Yeah. Or a stories star me? No, that's oh, no. that's a Leo thing to say. That is so Leo of <laughs> you.
0: Um, so I I obviously have known for a while that you can get your natal charts read, which is basically where all of the planets are aligned. While you were born, when you were born and how that impacts your life, your personality, your life path, your experiences and those sorts of things. And it was always something that I really, really wanted to do. But for whatever reason, I just never sought out a reader or never really booked myself into one, even though I'm obsessed with astrology and I've grown up with astrological books. My mum's always been very much about the signs and everything that I know has been through self-learning and a lot of it is intuitive as well. Uh, that said, George, you remember last year when you were a guest coach for my online program, yes. and we were talking about the moon and manifestation. And in that session, you mentioned that there was a really great natal chart reader, and her name is Jules Ferrari, and she reads from Orchard Street in Bondi. Now, little did you or I know that on that call, one of my clients, Bella, had already bought me a voucher to get my natal chart read by Jules for Whoa. Christmas. Oh, yes. So I'm there on the call going, Oh my god, okay, George, you've recommended her, that's amazing, I'm gonna book in and Bella's sitting there going, I've already bought Holly. <laughs> I've already bought her a voucher for this exact person that you had suggested. Oh my god, that's so- crazy. Isn't that insane? So I went and had my reading, which is gifted to me for Christmas. Fucking epic gift, by the way, if you ever want to gift someone. Yeah,
1: that is a great gift idea.
0: So it was a voucher that was gifted to me and I went along at the beginning of this year and sat opposite Jules and she delivered me my natal chart reading, which on top of listing what your star sign is, which we're all very aware of, your moon sign, which we'll dive into in a moment, and your rising sign. She also explains so in-depth where all your houses are and nodes and all sorts of astrological lingo that I actually can't decipher. But it was fascinating for me because from looking just at the planets, she was able to tell me so much about myself, my purpose, what I'm here to do in this lifetime, what my skill sets are, what my challenges will be, and she fucking nailed it so Mm. the types of things she shared with me George were
1: sorry can I just stop you for two seconds just to explain something to everybody so when your when your natal chart is done like Holly said before it's like a snapshot it's like someone has taken a photo at the time you were born so the exact time birth date place you were in the world this all makes a difference and every planet and we'll include the sun and the moon in there, was in a particular house at a particular point in the sky at that time. So every planet that exists becomes part of your natal chart. So your sun, your moon, I won't go through all of the planets, but Mars, Venus, Mercury, the whole kit and caboodle. And they each govern different areas of your life. And depending on what house they're they're in, they govern different areas yeah it's
0: so yeah thank you for yeah. explaining that jules because you are definitely more guys fun fact jordana is actually a trained astrologer
1: well half trained, half she, trained. She, she hasn't finished the training
0: but she's, she's half halfway trained. through it yes so that's fuck is so fucking cool uh so some some little snapshots from my session with jules was she told me about my purpose in this lifetime which is, and she went into detail like, this is where you will make your money from, Holly. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Showing up, being myself, working on being the best version of myself, and then teaching the lessons from my journey. I was
1: like, um, and She didn't know anything about you, right?
0: Knew nothing about me, never met her in my life, had not connected with me online, nothing about me. She told me that there's going to be a lot of me experiencing my journey of self-worth and she said that while I've got obviously the sun in my chart and it's really about shining and standing out just as much I I can't go into the details of the planets because they just it's over my head but basically there is just as much shadow in my chart and it's almost like this shamanic journey of me going deep into the shadow work emerging the other end and teaching those lessons and she said a lot of people are able to connect with me because I'm able to go to those shadowy depths as much as sitting in the light and to be honest George that's a big piece of feedback that I get from a lot of people is that they can relate to me because I'm I'm not just sitting in the light all the time I'm mm. also able to go to the darker aspects of the human experience so that was pretty fucking cool um, and she even went on to say that I have three houses in relationships in my chart so it's about me Really establishing connection with people, but not adapting my personality to suit them, like showing up as myself in each relationship, which I'm constantly challenged by Mm. because I've had this underlying story of wanting to be liked and accepted by everybody. So I, I, in the past, haven't spoken up or have avoided conflict. And I mean, Libra is my moon so that also weaves into it but she speaks about these these patterns that you can attract in your life and how you can break the patterns to really step into the fullest version of yourself so for example yes I'm gonna have a lot of relationships come into my life that are mirrors for me but my opportunity is to really stay grounded in my self-worth and confident enough to hold my own in those relationships which is pretty powerful stuff
1: it's really Yes. oh my
0: god I know there was so much juice she also said I had mercury in Virgo which means that my gift is in clear communication yeah. and my rising sign is um is I was literally about to call you gem because a rising my rising sign is Jordana's moon uh, sun sign fuck there's so many signs (laughs) which is gemini that's what i'm trying to say we both have gemini and gemini is ruled by mercury which is the planet that governs communication yeah but is also ruled by
1: mercury so you're like double you got all of the communication vibes
0: literally all of them and she's like oh so you're you're likely a really clear communicator i'm like yeah understatement of the century that's my fucking superpower right yeah so I guess that was a long-winded way of sharing my experience in getting my natal chart done. But I thought we could dive a little deeper into this, George, because we get asked all the time, what is my moon sign? What does that mean? What is my rising sign? What does that mean? So are you able to share with us a little bit about what they mean and how our listeners can find out what theirs are?
1: Yeah. So what I wanted to do, Holly and I were talking about it because we we talk about it so casually on here. We're like, yeah, that's my moon. Oh, that's because it's my rising. And you guys are like, what the Uh fuck are you guys talking about? And Holly's always like, I'm three star signs. It's like I'm like, yeah, it's
0: yeah, a Lego in me. That's a Gemini in me. That's a Leo in me. And it's like, Holly, you can't be every star sign. No, but
1: you can because you're a Leo, so you can be whatever the hell you want. But Thanks, babe. what I thought I'd do... If, if Holly's gift is communication, my gift is breaking down really complicated concepts into really simple terms. So oh, yeah. this is what we're going to do. We're going to run through what the star, sun sign is, what the moon sign is, and what your ascendant or rising sign is and what that means in the way that you show up in the world. So most people will be familiar with their sun sign. We also call it our star sign, our zodiac, mm-hmm. our horoscope. Yeah. So your sun sign... Is where the sun was in your chart on the day you were born. Our sun sign is our expression of self. It rules Mm. ego and identity. Yeah. Ah.
0: So
1: it's the I am, what drives me to be who I am and how I identify myself. So for you, Holly, that's Leo. Leo mm-hmm. is ruling your expression of self. It rules your mm-hmm. ego and your identity. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. For me,
1: it's Gemini. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now your
1: moon sign is an expression of your soul and your oh my God. and your emotional response. It rules your emotions, your moods and your feelings. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: So it speaks about our emotional self and what we need to feel Secure and safe and nurtured. Yeah?
0: Right. So
1: what's your moon sign hole? Huh?
0: Libra, which is about connection and avoid avoidance of confrontation and really that kind of people pleaser element, but it's also about beauty as well and like really taking like having an emotional response to beautiful things.
1: Yeah. So mm. yeah, so it's a very internal thing. Not everybody gets to see your moon sign traits it's Mm. something that can be very personal for people and very intimate and that they share with the people that they love so for example my moon sign is a Virgo now Virgos Mm. are very meticulous and detail-oriented and perfectionist my expression of self is none of those things (laughs) but my internal dialogue the way I speak to myself the way I feel about things is very perfectionist, yes. detail-oriented, meticulous, yes. fussy, tidy. That's how I am on a soul level, but it's not how I express myself. See the difference? Amazing. Yeah. I
0: see the difference, yeah. Okay.
1: Your ascendant or your rising sign. Now, this is very important. Your ascendant sign will change every two hours in your chart. So it's really important when you're doing your chart that you know when you were born. And it needs like to
0: exactly be- down to the hour you were born.
1: Yeah, because if you if you were to type into the calculator three hours later, it's going to give you a different rising sign.
0: Sure. Right? Okay, that makes sense.
1: Okay, so your, uh, your rising sign is how others identify you, how they see you.
0: Ah, right. I was so, always confused by that.
1: Yeah, so it's like the, the, uh, some astrologers describe it as like the mask you present to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say that when we first meet someone, it's likely that they're actually meeting our rising sign.
0: Oh, do you know what? That actually makes sense because a lot of the time when I first meet someone, I'm like, oh, you're this star sign. And they're like, nah. And I'm like, but I could, could have like put money on it. So yeah. maybe I'm picking their risings.
1: Well, yeah, maybe you are. And here's an interesting thing. My rising sign and my sun sign are both Gemini. So the You're way that I express gem. myself and the mask that I wear is actually the same.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. You know what? I, I know of someone who is all three are Aquarius.
1: Wow.
0: Mm, powerful.
1: Is that even possible?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is it?
1: I don't know. Can your moon be in the same? Oh, I don't know about that.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe it's not possible. No, no,
1: maybe it is. I'd have to look into that one. I'll fact check that yeah. and back to you. Fact check, fact check. Um, so that's, the, the, what they say is like you can look at your whole, whole chart, you can definitely look at where all the planets are. Some of those planets, though, that are in certain um, signs, uh, it's a generational thing. So like Uranus, for uh. example, is in a sign for a really, really lengthy period of time. So you and I right. would have Uranus in the same sign. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But with okay. like these suns and moons and risings, they're moving very often, especially that rising sign.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what what I tell people, George, when people come and ask, how do I figure out my my – moon in my rising, I mean, the first thing is consider a natal chart because that goes into such detail and it's phenomenal. And you get it recorded, you get to listen back to it, you have it for life. Uh, but also there is, like most things, uh resources on Google for free where if you know the time you were born and where you were born, you can plug your moon and your rising sign into a calculator that will generate a brief description of what they mean for you.
1: Yeah, if you have an apple, so Holly this excludes you, but if you have an apple, (laughs) there's there's a great app called CoStar um, and it, it calculates your birth chart for you. It interprets it really well. It's actually the best interpretation I've seen for a app Um, but the other fun thing is is that it's a social app so you can actually add your friends and then they add their charts and then it compares your charts so so um, cool yeah you can do it with people you're dating if they let you and um, (laughs) (laughs) but something that's really interesting um, that was brought to my attention a little while ago and I've really noticed it since is you will usually connect quite well With people whose sun sign matches your moon sign because you have an understanding of their self-expression, yeah? So you have an emotional connection to the way that they show up and express themselves. So um, Mm. I – although I I don't really understand Virgos because it's not really the way that I – go through life like i said i'm not a perfectionist Mm. on an emotional soul level i really connect to them and have an understanding of them and the way that they feel
0: Mm. do you know what i don't know many liberans so i'm gonna have to seek out some liberans and see if i have a a similar experience George.
1: Mm. it's interesting
0: do you know what i also have found really helpful the more and i'm I've only been aware of my rising and my moon for about a year now. Uh, And what's been really helpful for me is understanding how the elements play into Mm. the way that I am in the world. So each star sign obviously is either earth, fire, water, or air. And so Leo, Leo is a fire sign, but then my moon and my rising are both air signs. So within that I have no earth or water in my three three signs so for me especially when it comes to because I'm double air always up in the air like creative and up in my head earthing and grounding is so important for me because it counteracts and balances what I'm lacking in my chart and similarly like my relationship with Trent he is Taurus he's earth energy so I've spoken before about how he grounds me he literally does because our charts Complement one another he doesn't have any fire in his chart so he's actually um he's earth water air and his rising sign is gemini as is mine but he grounds me where i flame him up you know yeah. so it's really cool when you get to know that side of things as well
1: yeah and you'll you'll start to notice who you're attracted to as well like not just on a um romantic level but on a platonic level as well like I'm really attracted to because um, I've got a lot of air as well I'm really attracted to earth and fire I'm not attracted mm-hmm. to water at all which is strange because I don't have any water in my chart I don't know what that's about but I really, yeah, I, I need fire because I, ve- I have very little fire in my chart. And because, like you, I'm a double heir, I really need to be earthed and be grounded. And my soul needs it because my soul is earth.
0: Oh, I love it so much. It's mm. so delicious. But yeah, so there you go, layered. guys. Yeah. It's layered, but it's so much fun. And I know that it sounds like, oh, Jules and I, it's just rolling off our tongues, but we've been in this work for years and you get you get familiar with it if you're interested in it. Just read the books and do the research and have the readings and play with it I think is the other thing, you know. I, I had someone ask me a question once where it's like, oh, but Leo's and Tauruses aren't compatible. How have you found that in your relationship with Trent? And I'm like, I do not choose who I connect with, who I'm friends with. By what a book on astrology has told no, me. And, and I it's think that's also, important as well.
1: Absolutely. And 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 that's because people are judging others by their sun sign and you just absolutely can't do that. I mean, I know I think Gemini is probably one of Gemini and Scorpio, we probably get the worst rap out of all the star signs. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone thinks Gemini's are super moody and Scorpios are really scary. And yeah. um and I actually don't think that about either of us and I'm not just saying no. that because I am a Gemini but I think that you have to take into consideration all of the other parts of the chart and so when you meet yeah. someone and like I've done it myself like I don't <laughs> this is so bad I don't date water signs because I find them too ah. feely for me like they're too emotional for me and I just don't want
0: that <laughs> i love so you bad. so much
1: but now if i do meet a water sign i will casually ask him what time of the morning <gasps> he was born just so oh god, i can I figure out what else is going on in his chart because perhaps there's a lot of fire and earth in there and that will come out later you know
0: oh my god All you I'm saying are is hilarious don't
1: judge a guy by his star sign <laughs>
0: And on that note, you've been listening to the middle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really feel like that is the perfect way to end it, isn't it? It's it is. just this is that like that's that's it. We've done it. We've killed it once more, Jorts.
1: <laughs> killed it. Um as always, we would love your feedback. We've been getting some really beautiful conversations in the Facebook group. It is slowly growing in there. Um, If there's anything that you are dying to know about, if there's anything that you want Holly and I to have a chat about, please let me know. Not me, us. Please let us know. Sometimes I forget you're here. (laughs) It's
0: kind I of me me no <laughs> this is it. Like Jaws is kind of you know, it's the Virgo moon in her. She needs to be on top of the things, replying to the people, really organizing the content. Mm. Whereas the Libra moon in me is just like giving love hearts to everybody.
1: <laughs> oh, I want to be you. I don't want to be me.
0: <laughs> No, I, I love you. you. You balance me out, girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell us what you want. Let us know um, if there's something in particular you want us to chat about. A few of you asked us to talk about this today, the sun and the moon and yep. the rising, so that's why we're doing it. Um, also, Instie's really fun. Hang out on, uh, with us on Instagram.
0: We are loving your shares so much, honestly. Anytime I see that someone's listened and shared, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. People are relating to our words. So thank you so, so much. And please do keep them coming. They just make our day.
1: Yeah, so beautiful. And uh, we will be back in your ears on Wednesday with our weekly energy read.
0: Yeah, we will, girl. Can't wait.